is, I think, looks like by Gabby and Josh. I saw Gabby's name here, but we're happy to have them blessing us one more time with their music. Okay. Um, Good morning, church. Uh, The song that we're going to sing today is... You can turn my mic back. Okay, cool. Um, The song that we're going to sing today is Never Lost. And they sang it at camp, and it was really pretty, so I wanted to sing it here <laughs> as well. So it's just reminding us that God will always be with us, and he never loses. I'll tell Janessa you like the song. Huh? I'll tell Janessa you like the song. Yes, Janessa is an awesome guitar player. He did such a good job. Oh, okay. <laughs> When you move, so it's an easy thing for you to do. And your hand is moving right now. You are still showing up at the tomb of Abelazarus. Your curse is calling me out right now. I know you're able. God, come through again. Do all things. You can do all things, but fail. Cause you never lost a battle. No, you never lost a battle. I know, I know, you never will. By the power of the Holy Ghost, your wind is blowing right now. Make it my heart of stone, make it over like a Jericho. Go crashing down right now. I know you're able. Never lost a battle. 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 Never lost
from the Psalms, Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. As I said during announcement time, we're blessed to have Elder Titus here with us this morning. If you're not familiar with Elder Titus, I hope you all are, but if you're not, he is our conference president for the Wisconsin Conference, and we're blessed to have him here joining us this morning, and I would love to be able to say a lot of things about him, about how I've known him for years and everything, but I've known of him, but I don't know that we've met directly actually before today, other than maybe a handshake or something like that, so um, I'm really looking forward to getting to know Elder Titus better, and we're glad to have him here with us this morning. Thank you so much, Rick. And uh, thank you, Pastor Marco, for the invitation to come uh, to come here this Sabbath. I know it's a sad Sabbath because uh, Gail's family is living in Wisconsin in the Marshfield area. When I became a pastor in Madison East area, they just left Madison. And, uh, but I met them several times, and I have the opportunity to, to um, spend some time with them. And also I was, uh, it's on. Testing, testing. If not, I will use the other one. Yes. Um, and uh, also... They've uh, been a blessing for uh, not just friends and family members uh, and church members, but for the entire Wisconsin Conference, for their ministry, for Kempakanda, uh, and also, as it was mentioned before, the dental clinics here in Marshfield. Uh, and you know more. You know better. 
but the positive thing is they uh, moved to uh, Orlando, and all of us, all of us will have free food and free shelter when we go, when we go to Disneyland. <laughs> and uh, they will have a waiting list, and uh, at the end of the service, uh, you will put your name there on top of the list. And uh, Orlando area uh, and everything, and you can go there, free food, free shelter, for sure. That's why every time a church member moved away from Madison or from Green Bay, I said, go there, find a good church, and invite me to be their pastor there. <laughs> but I cannot say it anymore at this point. Uh, friends, thank you so much for everything you do for the Lord for our church here, for our community here, for the Wisconsin Conference, as it was mentioned. Um, it takes all churches in Wisconsin to carry and to support the ministry we do in Wisconsin. Wisconsin Academy, nobody can support alone that, that uh, uh, ministry. Camp Oconda, how many of you were at Camp Oconda this year, camp meeting this year? Wow, thank you. We cannot run Camp Oconda by ourselves. It costs around half a million um, to um, put everything together, and, uh, and all of us, all of us are in charge with that. And I know Camp Oconda and the Wisconsin Academy are the two sacred cows of Wisconsin Conference, and uh, we have to keep them going, going every year by God's grace until Jesus comes. Friends. My uh, uh, presentation today is entitled, My God, My Story, and this is not my first time to present this, but uh, I want you to take a look again at uh, Psalm 91 and to read again verse 1 and 2. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the, uh, the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Today I want to talk to you about briefly, because the time is almost gone, about the idea or the concept of my God. You know, we have a cor uh, concept of the corporate God, our Father that is in heaven. It's our God and our Father. And Jesus introduced uh, his Father to us like an inclusive Father for all of us. But today I want to talk about my God. And probably you will think of your own God. You know, in the Bible it was, it was said about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a particular God for every one of them, according to their history or experience they had. Shortly I can tell you about my God. My God is a Romanian God. I don't know why you are laughing, but it's true. My God is a Romanian God, and my Bible mostly was a Romanian Bible. And I met my God back in Romania. During that time, we were communists. And I remember when I was in school, uh, communists wanted us to go to school on Saturday as well because they wanted us to be smarter than Americans who went to school just for five days per week. And uh, I remember it was hard because my family decided to not send us to school because we were Adventists. And as you know, Adventists, they, don't, they worship on Sabbath. And on Sabbath, you are at church, not a school. And uh, it wasn't easy because communists wanted to impose that. It was mandatory to go to school. And I remember one inspector always came to our church to check on us. 
We didn't have Sabbath school for kids at church because kids weren't supposed to be there doing Sabbath. But myself and my two brothers and one sister, uh, we were there. There are there were other children, Adventist children, who were supposed to be there, but they were at school, and their family decided to send them to school. And when this ex- uh, inspector came, we always went outside. Uh, we were hiding behind the the uh, building uh, until the inspector will go, and um, it wasn't. It wasn't that easy, especially in a society who didn't believe in God. The religious, the leaders of the country uh, were atheists. And also the majority of the country was Greek Orthodox, and they hated Adventists because they said we are, were an American sect. Why did they say it was an American sect? Because our religion came from America. And we weren't... 100% Romanians, because we didn't have the traditions of the country, the religion of the country, and we were some kind of strangers in our country. Now, when I went to the military service, it was mandatory for 16 months. I remember I prayed and I fasted for seven Sabbaths in a row. I don't know why on Sabbath, but I prayed and fasted that God will help me, my God will help me to keep the Sabbath in the military service. And I remember I was there on Wednesday, and I started to pray, Lord, help me to find a person to talk to about my uh, um, religion and my uh, this desire to keep the Sabbath. And uh, nothing happened on, fr- on Wednesday. On Thursday, uh, in the afternoon, one officer came, and, I said, and he said, I need four volunteers. And none of us, including myself, volunteered for whatever project he had. But he said, you, 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 and you, uh, come with me. We, we went. It was uh, winter in Romania. It was very cold winter in January 26. And uh, we were supposed to cut wood for the officer's cafeteria. We did that for several hours. And after that, one person who was in charge there said, hey, go back to your dorms. I, I uh, speak fast because of the clock. And uh, we went back. And uh, it was a little difficult because it was a large campus, a lot of buildings, and finally we found where our dorm was. And when we got there, our colleagues were aligned on the hallway, and an officer who was drunk was very mad. When he he saw us coming through the door, he started to curse us, and then he asked us, where have we been? Because the officer who took us for the project didn't inform him that he took us. And at the beginning of the military service, they were afraid. We were deserted. We didn't like it there. We went home. And the officer who was drunk, he said, go back to your lines, alignment there, and went back. And after a few seconds, minutes, I don't remember that aspect, he said, you, come up here. I was shy, and I was looking around. And he said, no, you, come up here. And I went there in front of everyone, and he said the following words. You will become my deputy, and you'll be in charge with taking care of everyone. Nobody's supposed to go anywhere without informing you, because he didn't want to have other missing new recruits to chase them on the, on the whole campus. And I was put in charge, and everyone was going to bathroom to take up cigarettes, to do something, to inform me. It wasn't a fun job, but I got it. And second, 
uh, he said, he took a key from his pocket here and he said, you will work in the office. What does it mean? All of us were supposed to be assigned a chore to do beside our regular military service. Some were assigned to work in the dorm to make uh, everything put in order. Others in the hallway, others outside, others in the bathroom every day to clean the bathrooms. And I was assigned on the spot to work in the office. Friends, on Friday morning, we had um, military service uh, uh, assignments to hold the arm, to march around. And I can show you how Romanians march whenever they present the, the honor and so on. And uh, after lunch, it was the job for the assignment. And I went to the, that office, and I dipped clean that office. I never was never able to do that, or never did before. And uh, it was everything clean until the officer came. He went, he had a drawer somewhere, and took a bottle of wine, liqueur, whatever it was there, sipped a little bit, put it back, and uh, he started to have a conversation with me. And he said, where are you from? And I said, I am from a city close to that place. Nothing interesting happened in my city. But he said, oh, you are from that city. That means you will bring me some cigarettes. Because, by the way, in my city, it was a factory that produced the worst cigarettes in the world. <laughs> and during communism, it was corruption everywhere, and they want to take advantage of everything. And I was supposed to bring him cigarettes in response to a better life in a better service or a nicer service or an easier service in the military. This, why they were the war cigarettes? Because they were without filter, you know, and it was just tobacco. And when you were, became addicted, addicted, you, you, you smoke those bad cigarettes. And friends, at that point, I felt the Holy Spirit is ready to tell me to tell him the truth. I I could have said, I don't know anyone in that factory that can give me some cigarettes to give it to you. But I thought this is the right time to tell him that I cannot give him cigarettes. And I said, sir, I cannot give you cigarettes because I'm a seven-day Adventist. Friends, you say amen. And it's easy for me to tell the story. I, I said it many times. But he said, what? Are you a seven-day Adventist? One of those who don't work on Saturday, those who don't drink, those who don't smoke, those who don't do this, he knew already about what I wanted to tell him. But he said, no way, you cannot stay in this office. Because at that desk, there is the officer for propaganda, communist propaganda. On the other officer, it was the man in charge of the whole unit. And you cannot be here. You give me the key back and you go to the dorm. Friends, even if it's late, I can tell you right now, it's easy to tell the story, but during that time, everything collapsed inside of me. I prayed. I fasted. God helped me during the whole school time. And I forgot to tell you another um, uh, story before that. In, now I open a parenthesis. When I went to a high school, uh, communists, they had entry exams in uh, uh, from the, to go from 10th grade to 11th grade, you're supposed to have an exam, several exams. And one exams were on Saturday. 
And during that time, I decided to not go to, to, and to finish my high school uh, because the exam was on Saturday. And my father sent me to a person to uh, learn how to paint houses. Not like this, simple like this, very complicated, like in a museum. And it took me one year to learn how to do it. For another year, I... Uh, side of me and I said, Lord, you have been good to me. You protected me during the school years and uh, I sacrificed my career, whatever. Everything was collapsed. And at that time, uh, I remember that many Adventists went to jail because of keeping the Sabbath in the military. Um, And they had to serve that term in the jail for two years, three years, four years, then go back and do the military service because that didn't count for the service. And I said, this is me. This is my, uh, my turn. And I didn't have any solution. Any solution. Um, but I was determined. I didn't know what will be next. I was like an animal in a corner. Doesn't have any solution, but I don't want to give up. And... Uh, at one point, he said, but Titus, there are, there are other Adventists in this whole unit. They may be good Adventists at home, but here they do whatever we say. Friends, I could have told him that I'm a holier person than them. But the Holy Spirit told me to tell him that they were maybe children of Adventists. They were born in Adventist families, but I was baptized. And I said, I am baptized. Maybe they are born in Adventist families. And by the way, many young men, they postpone their baptisms after the military service for the obvious reasons. And he said, what doesn't mean you are baptized? And friends, from that point on, I had the opportunity to have a Bible study with him. What does it mean? And shortly I can tell you, I mentioned about how, why why we baptize and why we baptize are baptized adults because Greek Orthodox baptize their children and uh, what I've done in church I was preaching I was part I was part of the youth groups I did that I did that and I was super happy and when he saw me he started to ask me several questions in Titus you will never chase young lady the way he intended. I said, never, because I am committed to God and to my future wife. You will never drink alcohol, and you will never smoke, and, you know, I will never smoke. And you will never drink alcohol. And I said, no, I never tasted it, I will never do it. And friends, I forgot almost everything he said, but I will always remember the following words, memorable words he mentioned. Uh, Soldier Naftanila. You will stay in this office because I am sure you will not drink my, my uh, drink. 
because probably previous uh, soldiers who were in the office, they went and they sipped a little bit and they, they shared the, the same bottle of... And friends, I don't know, from that point, I didn't ask for any favor. He said, tomorrow morning on Saturday morning, come to the office. All of us will be gone until noon. And in the afternoon, it was free time. And you will lock the door, don't answer the phone, and stay here until noon. And friends, I was 20 years old. When I was looking through the window, seeing my colleagues marching around on the open area, and me sitting inside, not knowing this drunk officer, not knowing how to introduce myself to him, but God, my God, the Romanian, my Romanian God arranged everything perfectly with a little more drama that I wanted, but perfectly. I had experiences with God before, but that was the most dramatic experience I ever had. Then, after six, I have more experience. You have to invite me back. And I don't know why you're laughing, but that's true. Uh, more experiences doing the military service. And after I came home, uh, we had that during that time a, a new pastor. And his wife is a, was a little annoying. Some of the pastor's wives are like that. And she said, why? I have to explain. Titus, I found a high school... It has a condensed program. You don't go to, you know, I was 20 and something to go back to high school, you know. I was successful. Before I went to uh, the military service, I started my own business. For two years, I worked. I had money. I worked hard, but I had money, and I saw myself doing that forever. And when I came back, I wanted to do the same thing. Becoming a pastor, you were supposed to become a poor person, you know. You you need, you need to have a lot of uh, people who are in charge of your life, who want to say, what don't say. I, was, I had my own business. And this lady, this pastor's wife said, Titus, go back to school. I found a high school. It has a condensed program. Only, you go to school only for three weeks instead of one quarter. Instead of two years, you, you do three years to, you know, but do it. I said, I don't know. I'm happy with my life. I'll become a good elder, a good leader. I didn't want to go back to the previous plan God had for my life to go back to the seminar to become a pastor. But she came back and said, no, Titus, Titus, go back to school. You know, did you ever been asked by someone and you don't feel it? You know, it's a good plan. You see, it's a good plan, but you don't feel it. It's for you at that point or for you uh, uh, forever. But she, this lady insisted. That's why I said that she was annoying. She insisted. And she found that for me. I didn't ask her. Uh, we weren't related. But my God had another plan for me. Amen. Not just to have a story to tell you now. But uh, to tell his story wherever I go. 
And I remember that it was, again, entrance exams. You, in communism, exams were everything. And I remember that uh, morning, I didn't, I didn't read anything. I was out of school for at least five years. And they have to, I have to remember things. But I said, if God wants me to go to the seminary, he will help me to, to pass those exams. There were only 11 spots. And I didn't take the first one, but I took the sixth place, and I got into that, uh, that program. Communism fell after that, and they changed the whole structure. It was harder to graduate because in Europe, when you graduate from high school, you are close as level, intellectual level or academic level to college. Here it's a difference. It's a little higher difference. But there they have a so-called baccalaureate uh, exam. And uh, France has that, most, mostly uh, European countries. And at the end, you have to be reviewed in uh, orally or in written form about everything you learn in four or five uh, classes in the whole high school. Remember everything. And one of them was organic chemistry. And I didn't learn organic chemistry in my little high school I finished, it was impossible. And I prayed, Lord, if you want me to, uh, help, to go to the seminary, help me with this exam. I cannot tell you the details. You may ask me why. But from 60 colleagues I had in that high school, two classes, only two of us graduated. Wow. Only two of us. In my case, it was a miracle. In the other case, probably they learned, they knew better. But in my case, it was a true miracle. And when I went to the seminary, again, entrance exams, but I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't concerned about that. Uh, God helped me through this. Amen. Why I say when I go back to, to Psalm 91 verse 2, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Friends, it's not about me. It wasn't about my dedication to God or my family or uh, my commitment to, to go even to jail. It wasn't about that. Those are very important. But you can have all the above and nothing will happen. It's about my God and it's about your God, the way he arranged things in our lives, sometimes against ourselves or against our wishes or our desires. It's about him. That's why when Bible says, the Bible says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge in my fortress, my God in whom I trust, it's not about us. What we do is very important, but it's mostly about him. Adventists, we talk often about final events, about the great tribulation, about persecution, about the Sunday law, about friends. Seeing my own experience in the past, I can use the same pattern. I can pray, I can fast, I can be ready, I can make the commitment, but it's about him, the way he arranged things in our lives. Survival is not based on the mountains. There are countries that don't have any mountains. They have only sands, you know. Salvation comes from the Lord and not from the mountain. You may put something aside. You may uh, buy a, a property in a, uh, isolated areas. But salvation is not into that. 
salvation comes from the Lord. And the Bible says he is the refuge. He can use any methods or any ways to save us, but he is the refuge. And friends, before verse 2, there is verse 1. And this is a challenge for me and for you today. And I will close with this. The Bible says, Psalm 91 verse 1, and almost everyone knows by heart these verses. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the, the, the Almighty. In some translations, especially New King James says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Is that true? Yes. Why secret? Why it's secret? Why, why does the Bible use that expression, secret? Because it's secret. It's just you and God. You cannot invite anyone in that intimate experience or environment or place or experience with God. It's secret. It's just between you and Him. The Bible says if you have a secret place, if you, have, you, you live your life in that shelter or in that um, shadow of the Almighty, you can say about God, He's my God. But if you don't have that, you cannot trust God. You are afraid. And you are concerned. But the Bible says, if you dwell in the shelter or in the secret place of the Most High, and you will abide. What does it mean? Dwell in abide. I am a visitor today, and I plan by God's grace to come back one day if Jesus doesn't come. But I'm still a visitor. I enjoyed, and my wife uh, and I, we enjoyed a vibrant church family today. Amen. Children were telling children's story to other children. Children were deacons. Uh, young ladies and young men uh, praising God and piano playing and this is a vibrant and very welcoming, welcoming church. But I'm a tourist. I'm a passerby. The Bible says you have to dwell. dwell dwelling means living there. It's not just a, a transition where it's not just a temporary experience. You have to move your life in the secret place and dwell there, enjoy it there. And then you can say, God is my refuge. God is my shelter. Sometimes I feel I can live my, my life for myself about whatever I want to do, and I go to God only when I need Him the most. You know, I pray hard. I ask others to pray for me. But after I, I receive the answer for my prayers, I go back to my lifestyle without God. Oh, God is part of my life, theoretically, but I don't live always in his presence. That's why, friends, this is an encouragement for me and for you to dwell in his presence and to abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And then we can say, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And I am sure all of you have stories about the American God. Or Jamaican God. I don't know why I'm laughing, but that's true. That is true. 
or about any type of God because there are different American gods. There are different American gods about your own God. Okay? My story is not about myself. It was about my God. In our stories, it's not about us. It's about God. That's why, friends, I encourage you to live your life in that secret place, under that shadow, and when a problem comes, God has resources and has solutions for everything because he loves us and he wants to protect us. That's why I invite you at the end of the service to sing together hymn 518 with conviction and joy and hope, standing on the promises. 518.